This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome to It's All Political, the San Francisco Chronicle's political podcast. I'm Joe Garofoli, the Chronicle's senior political writer, and today our guest is California Governor Gavin Newsom. My colleague Alexi Kossoff interviewed the governor in Oakland just days before Newsom would learn whether California voters would either recall him or reject the recall and allow him to finish the final 14 months of his term. Alexi tried to get Newsom to reflect on what he's learned from the recall and how he might be different over the next year if he remains in office. Now, I want to remind everybody that Alexi is the reporter who broke the story of Newsom dining at the French Laundry restaurant last November in violation of Newsom's own rules at the time on mixing between households. The story has dogged Newsom ever since, and it jump-started the recall campaign, which was struggling to gain traction until then. Newsom personally didn't respond to Alexi when the original story ran, but here he does. And now, here is Alexi Kossoff's interview with Governor Gavin Newsom. This recall campaign from, from the beginning has tapped into a frustration that a lot of Californians felt even prior to the pandemic, you know, on issues like homelessness, wildfires, things like that. And as you're heading toward this finish here and looking ahead beyond that, is there anything that, you know, you want to promise to voters or would promise to voters that you aim to do differently, you know, finishing out this rest of this term and potentially going forward into a second well, one. I've, I've been re-election. governor just two and a half years, just a little bit over two and a half years. And so we campaign on specific strategies and plans to address issues uh, like homelessness and housing, mental health. Um, we executed on those. We've delivered in terms of a lot of those promotions and promises with record investments, with record um, investments in mental health, uh, zero to 25 uh, we put over $4 billion in the budget to provide services and screenings for every adolescent, zero to 25. We put $3 billion to focus on mental health housing, the biggest expansion of mental health housing in California's history since the late 1960s when we dismantled our behavioral health system. Uh, we're investing unprecedented money and capital uh, to purchase hotels and motels and convert um, uh, buildings and structures into uh, permanent supportive housing, 42,000 housing units uh, that are identified in this year's budget. Uh, we're working with mayors in ways we've never have in the past. As a former mayor, I don't think this, I know this because there was no engagement, there was no strategy, no plan before I became governor on the issue of homelessness. We provided additional $2 billion a requirement that they have plans and that they're actually incentives if they meet their measurements plans on issues of wildfires. Um, you know, I can't make up for a century in just a couple of years of lack of forest management, vegetation management. I got here um, as a governor uh, elect um, after the most devastating wildfire season in California's history in terms of lives lost, uh, campfire, paradise, uh, what happened down in Southern California. Resolved, in fact, the first week I was in office to address that issue. We were up in Placer County in Colfax in my first 
event as governor to focus in on vegetation and forest management. $2 billion investment this year in that space. Uh, so we're following through on that commitment, doubling the forest management, vegetation management with the federal government. We sign a partnership with the U.S. Forest Service. We're moving on an affordable housing and, 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 uh, and housing agenda more broadly that included suing cities, including working with cities, including infill grants, including unlocking with $1.75 billion, uh, thousands of housing units that are entitled but needed financing, unprecedented amount of tax um, uh, incentives, and uh, continue to work on you know, the illusory challenges around CEQA. But we've I've signed over 15 CEQA bills since I've been governor. And so I want to build on all that. It's a way of expressing and understanding that those are pre-existing conditions that I ran on, that I focused on, uh, that didn't come to me because of this process or even as governor in the last two and a half years. But we were very intentional about those issues. And uh, we're now working hard to, to execute on those issues. But you can't overpromise. These, these things don't overnight change. You can't make up for decades of neglect on social issues and homelessness and housing, decades, where there wasn't intentionality, there wasn't a focus and, and energy that there should have been, respectfully. Um, and it predates administrations, multiple administrations. And so I think it's a new day and uh, we're turning the page, but the last 18 months have been a lot of headwinds as well. And that's pretty self-evident with COVID. So it sounds like you feel like you've, you've been on the right track and, and you essentially say to people, if you like what you like what you've gotten so far, stick with me. And if you don't, no. this is what you're going to get. I mean, is that well, sort I of- I haven't even, this is not, I'm not, a, I'm arguing to continue my first term. I'm mm -hmm. just two and a half years in. The last 18 months has been marked by a lot of headwinds. A uh, hundred losses, the Trump administration. We were on defense, not offense. Those first years, we fought hard, pushed back. We were successful, vast majority of cases. California's economy is, you know, Coming back in meaningful ways, the GDP in the state in the last five years, unprecedented in all Western democracies, $80 billion operating surplus, highest reserves, and the biggest investments to transform public education, created bread. I mean, so many things I promoted as a candidate, we delivered this year. Pre-K for all, we did TK universally. I did after school for all, $5 billion investment over the next few years in summer um, investments to extend the school year, transforming our public schools with a community school model, which is something I promoted a lot, the child savings accounts. Again, these are all things that I said I wanted to get done and we're doing. And uh, and and yet this last year and a half, understandably, has been uh, challenging because it's been focused on issues of public health and people feeling an anxiety, understandably, because of a COVID-induced recession and, and, and the global uh, contraction as a consequence. So it's it's been a challenging environment, but I think the state has persevered and We've made a lot of progress that we've made and we've seeded a lot of investments that I think are going to pay huge dividends. And so I, I want to really just reinforce to folks that I'm committed to finishing the job. And we just got here and we just started to make these unprecedented investments to move the needle in areas where, frankly, I thought there was a lot of neglect. We'll have more of Alexei Kossoff's conversation with Governor Gavin Newsom after this short break. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. And now, here's more of Alexei Kossoff's conversation with Governor Gavin Newsom. 
You mentioned those headwinds from from the pandemic, and obviously it's been a really tumultuous year. But you know, there have also been some you know mistakes along the way. I mean, you know, or or challenges in terms of you know a sort of a haphazard reopening that sort of led to this summer surge last year. I mean, the, the vaccine rollout had its challenges. You know, school reopenings. Are there any? Is there any mistake you made or or? that that you feel like you've you've learned from or what was the biggest mistake you feel like you made during that time well, and what I think did California you learn from has it? led. I mean we're the first state in America to do a stay at home order. We think that impacted the rest of the states across the country. We think it saved lots of lives. The state has outperformed states like Florida, Texas, Indiana, the US as a whole in terms of health outcomes and economic outcomes. We've contracted at a much more modest rate than those states that I just referenced and the US as a whole. California continues to lead in terms of face coverings in our public schools and vaccine verifications and or testing requirements, state employees being vaccinated and or with testing requirements. We're continuing to stay on a cutting edge. I think this has humbled every governor in every state. Uh, and I think the state has, has done well under very challenging and difficult circumstances. There's no, there's not a, nothing linear about this. I think there's a sort of punditry that this is supposed to have been linear. It just has to, the Biden administration, uh, with the nature of the variants and the mutations and the nature of, um, uh, of uh, the, 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 the development and the evolution of this pandemic uh, with all of the different- so I guess that's why I'm curious if there is a, a mistake that sticks out in your mind as, as a, a learning moment for you during every, this pandemic in terms of how you govern or your approach to it or anything like that. approach is to always be open argument, interested in evidence and be iterative. And in part of that iteration is, you know, look, we're all experts in hindsight. So in hindsight, we're geniuses, not just experts. And we're able to sort of adjudicate, but none of us had a playbook. All of us were dealing with different challenges, including Trump, um, face coverings, masking, protests, lawsuits, cause and effect, good days, bad days, cities that were cooperative, cities and counties, sheriffs that weren't. I mean, so all of this was, you know, a challenge in a state that's larger than 21 state populations combined. So it's not a small isolated state. And I think the state's outperformed objectively. I mean, just objectively outperformed uh, many other large states, a vast majority, in fact. And now, you know, it's a flywheel. I appreciate the reference to vaccinations, but we have one of the highest vaccination rates have for a consistent period of time for many, many months. And today I'm sitting with you. We have the second lowest case rates in America. And I think that's demonstrable progress. The polls the last couple of days have shown you poised to win big. And there's a lot of momentum politically that could come with that if that ultimately ends up being the outcome. So I'm wondering what you would use that momentum to get done in that last year. Is there something that you haven't been able to tackle yet that you really want to launch on once we get past next week if you're still in office? I'm I'm focused on the next few days. I mean, I look, you know my agenda. It's reflected in this budget. This budget's a reflection of my values and our priorities unprecedented investments in healthcare, expanding and deepening subsidies for the middle class and low-income community, expanding opportunities for people without uh, immigration status, our investments in increasing the earned income tax credits and creating a child tax credit, creating policy savings accounts, focus on education, transforming our public education system, stabilizing uh, the cuts um, uh, and the quality concerns at the UCs and CSUs and community colleges, uh, criminal, advancing criminal justice reform and the first governor laid claim to be able to shut down two state prisons and expand uh, and create a new Cal Poly up in Humboldt. Uh, we want to continue our climate 
leadership, which is second to none. And, you know, we're really going to take that to the next level. And I'm looking forward to more work in that space. I want to continue to, to, to manage more actively and proactively our, our force. And you saw the commitments the Biden administration's made. I mean, it took years and of, you know, back and forth talking about raking with the Trump administration, a matter of weeks, we saw real progress in terms of strategies and approaches that have changed with the, the Biden administration. We continue uh, to to do a lot more than we've ever done on housing and, and the issue of homelessness and cleaning the state and streets. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of the progress, but it, again, it's marred by the anxiety we all are feeling around this pandemic. And, and so there's nothing more foundational, important than finishing the job, getting this pandemic behind us, and then continuing that work that uh, we've been doing over the last two and a half years. I mean, you mentioned you mentioned housing. One of your biggest campaign promises, obviously, in 2018 was about trying to boost housing construction in order to close this gap estimated in some cases at millions of housing units. But that's something that, you know, you haven't been able to do so far. Certainly, it's been a a pretty flat, you know, so is, is there more there that you might look well, to do I, I, next I don't year? I know that a global recession helps with your housing starts. I mean, uh, let's be fair about it. In the last 18 months, it was not the, uh, I don't think you saw record-breaking housing starts in, in other states either. So we're, the difference is we have a strategy, we have a plan. You can ask most of the affordable housing leaders that this administration means business. We've been very focused on this. The arena goals, the housing elements, uh, we created a new house, housing accountability unit, which we, a lot of objection on that. We actually get able to get that done this year. Uh, the financing and funding, uh, some of the CEQA reforms we've been able to advance, and that helps with our homeless, not just uh, uh, citing other state subsidized housing, which is important. So look, I, I, we we promoted a goal, not a promise. I, I was very clear, and I think, and I knew, I said at the time, you all, this will get perverted, and it already has been. I said, we're creating a goal uh, that's that is audacious. That in the process of trying to achieve it, we'll discover what we're capable of. That was exact words that I used when we announced it. And I said it's a goal that I'm not establishing. It's a well-established goal because it was anal analysis of multiple studies that was done by McKinsey, and it was actually supported by a number of other candidates for governor as well. And and we said at the time, it's an audacious goal. It's it it may not be achievable, but in the process, it's a goal that actually will solve a problem as opposed to a goal that won't solve the problem. And so that's that's our North Star. And so we're committed to stretching the boundaries of what we believe is possible. It's, but it's I, I'm not making an excuse because I'm really proud of the progress we've made in terms of seeding these efforts in the last two years. But uh, the last 18 months has proven a little more. Uh, there's been some external challenges that uh, put a little sand in the gear, some of the progress we were hoping to make. One last question for you. Um, I wanted to ask you about the French Laundry because I never got an opportunity to after reporting on on that party. Um, you know, uh, a a recent poll from Berkeley IGS showed that more than half of voters think you demonstrated during the pandemic that your own rules don't apply to you, and more that included a third of Democrats and more than half of Independents, in addition to a vast majority of Republicans. So what do you do at this point to win their trust back going forward in your career? It's, you know, this is something that has obviously changed the perception of you for the worse in the long run. Here we are nearly a year later and, and even still people I'm still doing, have that picture of you. Yeah, we're working every day and, and uh, I'm, I'm, I think there's a lot of evidence we're working hard every single day to 
do the job that I was elected to do. Uh, I, I owned up uh, to an incident that occurred a year ago and uh, someone's 50th birthday. I went to a restaurant that was open and I showed up. There were too many people at the table. I should have gotten up and left, period. Walked in with a mask, walked out with a mask, but there were too many people at the table and made a mistake and I, uh, I recognized it. A lot of folks don't even acknowledge mistakes. We did that and and so that's uh, that's the work we've been doing since and, and uh, I'm working hard and we'll continue to work hard. I'd like to thank you all for listening and hope that you and your families are safe and healthy. I'd like to thank Governor Gavin Newsom for being our guest today. And I'd like to thank Alexi for interviewing him. And thanks to the King Webby Award winning producer, King Kaufman, for producing today's episode. And of course, we always like to throw some love out for our theme music. That song you are listening to is called Cattle Call, and it was written by Randy Clark and performed by Randy Clark and Crow Song. And remember... No matter whether the governor is dining at the French Laundry or pulling through the drive-thru at McDonald's, it's all political.